I'm Paul Heron, and this is Episode 6 of the Unseasoning Podcast. Today I'm going to interview Marina Fetter, a young poet from Brazil who works in a publishing house there. Marina has a deeper insight into Nien's work than some who have devoted careers to it. For example, there's long been a disconnect between Unease Needs fiction and conventional readers, and I, for one, have always sought an effective way to explain the essence of Nien's work to them. Now that I've met Marina, I think I can do that. Prepare to see Unease Needs work in a new and fresh way. Marina, welcome to the show. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, I'm happy to have you here. Okay, let, let's start off with a couple questions about Ani East. First of all, how did you become acquainted and then enamored by Ani East, Nien? I, um, I met Ani East in a professional contest. Like um, I work in a, a publishing house here, and we happened to publish her. And I, I, I knew about her, her name, but I never I had never read her until one day I had to read it, some of her books to put them in a more in a uh, more modern format. Then I had to rework them, and the, uh, they were The Delta of Venus and Little Birds. And I read them, they were kind of cool, like erotica. <laughs> but and I thought, okay, she's cool. But I really fell in love with her when I had to work on Hair in June. Because uh-huh. then I saw myself like collecting quotes. I said, I wasn't editing, I was reading. <laughs> like, <laughs> my boss was like, you're not supposed to read the books. I said, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, you uh, mentioned on your Twitter feed that Ani East Dean has saved your life more than once. What do you mean by that? Well, right after I, I became acquainted with the, the work of Ani Zning, I went through a very strange time of my life. I had graduated, I had found a job, I had a boyfriend, and my life should be like heading the right direction, but it didn't feel quite like that way. And I saw myself leaving things that I felt Ani is expressed in her writing and she she kind of helped me because I read her books and I felt understood by someone. I felt like, yeah, she's telling what I want to say, but I cannot right now because I'm feeling too much. Uh-huh. And also because I, I started right at that time trying to find her books in English here, which mm. is a bit hard because I want to read her on the original language, not translations. Um, that kept me busy. Ah, yeah. I had to go to second-hand bookshops and fish for her books and mm, have mm. different editions run from each year. It's a chaos, but it was very important to me. It gave me something to focus on, and reading her helped me to do with my own emotions. So that's why I say she saved my life many times when I have been emotionally imbalanced or overwhelmed uh-huh. or feeling like I cannot describe what I'm feeling. Many mm. times I have turned to her, and I found that she gave me these words now, I, I know that a spy in a house of love means a lot to you. Could you, could you explain how? First, I think it was the, the book that really made me fall in love with Anais. I remember I was traveling. It was a business trip. I was in Sao Paulo, which is a big city here in Brazil. And I was alone there. And I remember taking a spy in the house of love with me. And I remember sitting at a Starbucks, like coffee and food and touch, just underlining passages of the book. Because many times I felt like Sabina. I never went full Sabina, just so you know. <laughs> because the full Sabina is like it requires a certain level of expertise, which I don't have. But, <laughs> but I, I had some Sabina feelings and some Sabina impulses. And, and to see that in a character, in a book, and to feel understood by that, and, and to feel like you can relate to something, it's, it's very precious. 
Mm. It's important. I think especially because nowadays when you read like book for women, many times the characters they are they are a bit ridiculous to be honest. Always like these little girls wanting to be saved, full of innocence. And and I used to give she gives a different side for femininity. Mm. The same one that wants love that is a bit dark, but that also is passionate and all these things together. It's not good or bad. It's it just is. Mm. And so that's why these books are important to me because oh. it really opened my eyes to Anna's work. It also spoke very deeply to me. What about other books? Are are there any other Neen books that that have really stood out for you? I have to tell you that all books of cities of the interior were very special to me. Probably The Spy is my favorite, but all of them have somehow spoken to me. Mm. The characters, I, I seem to like them all. They all interest me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. House of Princess was very, very deep experience for me reading it. Yeah. It's like confronting the unconscious or something. I know that the fact that Ani East was a Pisces, you've mentioned to me earlier that uh, you saw that reflected in her literature, that there's two sides. One is the writing and the other is the reflection. That's true. I find her books, they have something very Neptunian about them, like... Uh, when you read Anais, you're reading her, but a lot of times you're reading yourself. The, usually, if you take the passages that, that get your attention, or even the moments that you don't like, they say more about yourself than they say sometimes about her. Her books have this quality, this quality of telling things that were part of her life, of course, but she touches, I think, the, I don't know how to call it, uh, the collective unconscious, maybe we could call it, like mm. Young said. Mm. She touches in such a way that she brings forth emotions that you also have in you. So when you read her, you also see yourself. It's a psychological work, which is one of the reasons I think so many people don't like her. Because her prose is not meant just to be telling a story. It exchanges something with you in a very deep level. It's very symbolic. That's what I feel her, her writing is very... Pisces-like yeah. in that way. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I knew somebody that said that he would not ever read Ani East because he knew he could never return from that <laughs> and still be the same person. And I think he, he mentioned that he was afraid of finding out who he really was. When you go into a, a journey inward, sometimes you encounter things that are scary or are horrible. True, Yes. The unconscious is not an easy place. And I think that I I have recommended and I used to many people and the people I find have the hardest time with her are those who cling a lot to rationality, who need something very logical to follow, who need like a very established timeline in the story. They get lost and they get annoyed by that. I recommended to someone in my family, they were very annoyed by her style, you know. They said, the, the story is interesting, but she annoys it because there is no beginning, no end. And it's because it's like a, a slice of life itself. Mm, yes. Life doesn't really have, the moments you live in life don't have a beginning or an end. They just happen until you die. So, but people who really need this logical support while reading, they feel very annoyed by her because she has this unconscious flow about her prose. She doesn't care about telling what the time is, what the day is, or even sometimes what the characters look like. Right. She's, she's more concerned about the internal landscape of her characters than what is happening outside them. Right, right. And I think that's one of the reasons her fiction got so criticized back yes. when it first came out. Yeah. You said that 
you have a list of mean quotes that <laughs> I have a huge one a pile. <laughs> <laughs> what what one stands out? What what one meant the most to you? So I have one that it's from incest. Her it's one of her uncensored journals, and uh, there is a quote about uh, in it about Saturn, which has inspired uh, a tattoo that I have on the back of my neck, which is a little outline of a Saturn, huh. because I felt like what she wrote in this quote, which I'm going to read, is um, is very powerful of how I feel that I navigate through life. Mm. You know, my way of the things I do in life, the way I explore life is very similar to the way that she describes in this quote. So it's for me, it's, I wouldn't say it's my favorite because it's very difficult for me to pick one favorite quote or even one favorite book. But for me, it's a very powerful one. And it's not so common like the, the usual quotes you see uh, by her on the internet. I don't know if you'd like me to read it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Please. <laughs> So it's from an entry, uh, February 14th, 1933, in the incest. Just as jealousy obsessed Proust, I have been obsessed by the potentialities, the mysteries of unflowered lives, of the secret obscurities, and the heavy, inert weight of Saturn. I walk like a lamplighter. I push ships into the open sea. I unearth precious objects. I rub the patina of dark paintings. I tune, I tune, bring forth, mold, bring out, ignite, support, sustain, inspire. I plant seeds, I search caverns, I decipher hieroglyphs, I read the eyes of people, alone, alone, in my activity. Mm. I really love this quote. Mm. I think it's, it speaks very deeply to me. Maybe for other people, like, what? But I love it. Wow, that, that is a great quote. I, I like this quote very much because uh, it's about exploring and uh, the, the heavier part of life, the shadow. You know, it's very easy, I think, to dwell in the light, but to choose to explore the heavy, the primitive, that's something else. It's difficult. And I feel like in my interests, in my way of living, even in my poetry, I tend to explore that. So this quote speaks very deeply to me. And that's and it inspired my tattoo, which I really like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you, you had met somebody that's about to embark on a literary journey with Anais. What advice would you give them? The first thing I would tell them is keep your mind open. Because I think it's very easy for a lot of people to reject Anais, like on the first chapter. Oh, I didn't get this. Close the book. And don't do that. You have to approach her without prejudice. You have to approach her without this expectation that you're going to be told a story like Harry Potter. It's not going to be that. Right. It's it's a very starting at a very different level. And you have to be willing to work psychologically to read. So I would recommend it to someone who is interested in reading something deep. So that that's what I would tell them. Keep your mind open. Accept Anais as she comes. Let her words take you. Don't try to impose what you think literature is on her writing, or you are going to be fighting her all the way to, to the end of the book. Is there anything else you want to add? Is there anything that, that you haven't said that you would like to say? One of the things I really like about Anais is that her, at least in her fictional 
works which are the ones I have focused on. I have not really read all of her diaries and journals and things like that. I have focused more on her fiction. Like The Cities of the Interior is for me a fantastic work together, all the five books. And it's the way her characters uh, show and reappear in books. Like at one point you're telling the story of one and then it, it, they, they meet someone else and then it's the story of another. But they're all living obviously in the same world. And I think this is very interesting the way she did it. And even more interesting the fact that she called this series of books the cities of the interior. Because I feel that through these characters, Anais created small blueprints of our own minds. Uh, in a sense that we have many characters inside of us that they live in the cities of our interior and that they come at different times to react to what is happening outside us. But inside us, they're all living together and they're all trying to find their places and they have their connections. So what she created was like a picture of the of the psyche, in a sense. So I think it's very beautiful. It's something that she doesn't have, something that is overlooked because people tend to focus on her journals and the fact that she had sex with this person or that person and she cheated on her husband and she did this. And they miss that. They miss the, how profound her fictional work is. She did not live a little peaceful, organized life. If she had, she wouldn't be able to write what she wrote. Mm. She had to really experience those things. So I really wish people would pay more attention to Anna's in fiction beyond the whole sexual thing. Mm, yes. Stop trying to pr uh, portray her just an erotic writer because that's just a little, a small piece of what she did, a very small one. Mm. I, I, I wouldn't say I recommend her to everyone, I don't. Mm -hmm. But I really wish people who want to read her, I hope they are open-minded. And I really wish people were more fair to her. Stop portraying her just like a, a vixen that uh, wrote some silly stories. That's not, that's not what she is. She wrote some very meaningful books. And sometimes it's disturbing. But I think the journey is completely worth it. Reading and listening is great. And indeed, when you go down that road, you don't come the same person. You really don't. Marina, I want to thank you very much for appearing on the podcast. And we're looking forward to your work, which is going to appear in A Cafe in Space. We're going to publish an article by you about Ani East, and we're going to publish one of your poems. And we're looking forward to that. So thank you very much. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for the opportunity of talking. And it's been a huge pleasure and immense honor being a part of this podcast. <laughs> thank you. To connect with Marina Feher, go to Twitter and search for at M-L-O-U-F-E-R-R-E-R, -E -R -R -E -R, where you can read her thoughts and poetry. The work discussed here can be found on iTunes and all other vendors. You can pre-order the next issue of A Cafe in Space at www.skybluepress.org. This has been the On the Eastine Podcast. Thanks for listening. Until the next time.